0: No one who boarded the Titanic as it set sail from England anticipated the tragedy that awaited the ship. But on April 10th, 1912, the unsinkable Titanic met with disaster. What is it? I spoke to
1: her. I put a hard starboard and reversed the engines, but she was too
0: close. Aboard the ship, there was panic as it became obvious that the unsinkable Titanic was indeed sinking into the cold, dark waters of the North Atlantic. But on board that ship, a handful of men chose honor over survival and bravely said goodbye to their wives and children, helping them into the lifeboats and remaining on board ship to die.
2: Come my dear, it's time for you to
1: go. Goodbye, God bless you. Take care of yourself and Jeannie.
0: Husbands who would make the ultimate sacrifice for their wives and for their children would be remembered decades later as heroic men. Today on Family Life Today with your host Dennis Rainey, we're gonna talk about romantic heroism with our guest Mark Montgomery. Stay with us and hear about the men of the Titanic today on Family Life Today. And welcome to Family Life Today. Thanks for joining us on
1: the broadcast. For a second week in a row, we are going to be looking at romance on the broadcast this week. We've been talking about the things that steal romance. We've talked about how you can add romance to your marriage. We've talked about how women view romance. And today, we are going to talk to the uh, Michael Jordan of romance. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, this guy, guy, I I thought I was a romantic guy. I really did. I, I thought I... I thought I was pretty good, Bob. Probably some pride in there, you know, with Barbara. She's told me, you know, you're you're pretty romantic, sweetheart. Uh Uh But this guy, (laughs) when we interviewed him for two days, and folks, I got to tell you, if your husband isn't listening right now, call him at work. (laughs) And unless he's in surgery, (laughs) I mean, unless he's in the middle, I mean, of an appendectomy. Doing it or having it. (laughs) That's (laughs) right. If he's asleep, wake him up. That's right. Because you want your husband to hear not only today's broadcast, but tomorrow, because we're to talk to the founder of men of the titanic men of the titanic that's right there should be a fog horn right horn <laughs> this is not for men who are sinking no it's, it's for men who well we'll let him explain it in just a moment you know i ran across an article that was in the dallas morning news it was actually uh, originally in the toledo blade uh-huh. and it was about a group of men called men of the titanic and a guy who founded them and his name is Mark Montgomery. He's a pastor of Rossford United Methodist Church in Toledo. And uh, uh, Mark is married. His wife's name is Rebecca. He has three sons. And uh, Mark wanted to do something extraordinary to uh, really communicate his love, admiration, respect, and romance for his wife. And when you heard about it, you said when we
0: talk with our listeners about romance, That's right. we've got to talk with uh, the Michael Jordan of romance, Mark Montgomery, (laughs) uh, and uh, today and tomorrow we are going to uh, hear about the incredible feats of these men of the Titanic.
1: Mark, tell us about uh, men of the Titanic. Our listeners have uh, have got to have a clear explanation for uh, why you came up with this name for this group of men.
2: The men of the Titanic, uh, that's a, a little difficult to explain why the name Titanic is attached to a group of men whose main purpose is to love their wives sacrificially. But There were a group of men who had the characteristic in common that they were unusually devoted to their wives and wanted, in addition to that devotion, to express it in ways that their wives had never before seen and that would reflect more accurately the, the kind of devotion the men had. One day I was reading a story that came from the day the Titanic sank, or that night that it went down. And I was really moved by the stories of men who defended lifeboats so that women could get on, men who gave up their seats uh, for women and children, some husbands who tenderly kissed their wives goodbye and then put them in the lifeboats and watched them sail off to safety as they knew that their life was about to end. And all of the stories collectively reflected to me stories about men who loved enough to decide to be sacrificial men. I had put those two together, and I decided, well, maybe we can invent a way that men today can honor those heroes from 1912, and they could also express their devotion for their wives with that theme.
0: Now, when you called a group of guys and uh, suggested that you start a a group like this, what was their reaction?
2: (laughs) First, you have to know who to call. (laughs) (laughs) In my ministry, I encountered lots of wonderful marriages, but the kind of men that I was looking for were men, men who were creative, men who were devoted, men who I thought had the kind of enthusiasm regardless of their age for their wives and there are some men in their 60s and some men in their 20s and every age in between but the the key ingredient was somebody who was enthusiastic uh, committed Christian who was enthusiastic about his faith about his wife and about how we are instructed to be sacrificially loving of our wives like Christ was for the church but not not um, well, I might get in trouble for saying this, but I wasn't looking for vinegar Christians, hmm. the ones who look like they take a good strong dose of vinegar every morning and <laughs> go through the day, dour. I was looking for excited, uh, turned-on Christian men who love their wives.
1: Hmm. So you're, you're talking about a group of men that weren't uh, trying to heal a weakness in their marriage. You're talking about men who are already creative in their marriage, who were already uh, self-sacrificing for their wives, who just wanted to get better?
2: Right. This is not a process of therapy. This is a celebration of a wondrous gift of God. I found out that you can scratch the surface of a Christian man, and you don't have to scratch very deeply before you find somebody who is romantic and excited about expressing that romance. And they heard it, and after they got a sense of it, not a single one said no. They all got excited. Hmm.
1: Well, you've been married for 20 years to Rebecca. That's right. And uh, have you always been a a romantic dude? (laughs)
2: No, I'm a I'm a hillbilly from West Virginia originally. Hmm. When I came out of those hills there was uh, not much romance that I would consider intrinsic. When I came out, football, motorcycles, those are the kinds of things that uh made my world uh, exciting and when I encountered Rebecca, I didn't know how to be uh, a truly effective husband. I don't think any man does, but over the process of years as we developed this love and as God blessed us and we discovered what it meant to be sacrificially loving to each other, this titanic idea naturally evolved from the relationship that we had.
0: Well, tell us about that, uh, that first group. Did you guys get together with a clear plan in mind, or did it evolve as you went along?
2: I had a clear plan. I knew exactly what I wanted to happen, and in that sense, I was. Um, it wasn't a democratic group <laughs> to begin with. I went to these men, and I thought this was odd enough. This was the kind of unusual event that you would better have it pretty well planned out so you could explain it in detail. Otherwise, people wouldn't know what they're getting into. And so I explained to these men, this is what I'd like to see happen. This is the impact I think it would have on our wives. And do you want to take part? And when they saw the details, they said, yeah, we really would.
1: You were speaking of an, of an event there, Mark. What do you mean by that?
2: Our first event, we've had more than one, but our first event was a night that we planned for months and practiced for and rehearsed and and fretted over, an event that the women didn't know was coming other than the date and time. They knew that their husbands were plotting and planning and meeting, but they didn't know what they were plotting. And so the first event was a surprise totally designed by the men to express that sacrificial love. I don't know if you want me to describe that event at any time during this program. That'll take some time.
0: Well, go ahead. Our listeners would like to know exactly what went on during that event.
2: the, The critical part of the preparation was that we wanted to express our affection through the details of the event, the evening. Our emphasis on each and every detail was a gift to our wives. We wanted them to know, we thought this through with you in mind. This is not an event we created for us. This was an event that we created because we thought it would mean something to you. For instance, I suggested to the men, let's sing them a love song. Let's sing them two love songs. (laughs) The men said, we can't sing. We're not good singers. My response was, the point isn't whether we're good singers. The point isn't whether we sound good when we sing. The point is, how would your wife feel if 16 men gathered together in the front of the room and with uh, real, obvious devotional intent sing a love song to them? Well, when we thought through the details from the woman's point of view, we saw that it didn't matter how we sounded. If we practiced, carefully picked the right song, had the music prepared, and then sang to them, that detail would be powerful to them. Regardless of how embarrassed we felt,
1: I got to ask you, what was the song?
2: <laughs>
1: I'll bet Bob knows it and can sing it for us.
2: <laughs> we sang. Uh, see, well, I'm thinking back now. The first event, we sang "Lady," and we sang at the end, Nearer My God to Thee." Huh.
0: Mm-hmm. And of course, that's what was sung when the Titanic went down, right? That's correct. Yeah. In fact, you you attempted to uh, recreate the Titanic uh, evening at this event, right?
2: We tried to recreate the theme. It'd be of course impossible to recreate the evening. We we wanted to just take the theme and the elements from the Titanic evening. For instance, the menu was an exact replica of the the meal served in the first class dining hall the night the Titanic sank. We found a chef in a local restaurant called the Booty House who was a Titanic aficionado who knew that story and he was excited about matching that menu Hmm. between every course we would have an item of affection or something that we would do but let me back up first and say that the women didn't know this was coming we had written invitations that we gave to chauffeurs of limousines who picked the women up when the women expected us to arrive we weren't there instead these limos picked them up and they were uh, flustered to say the least The invitations were signed by us so that they knew this was not some um, weird chauffeur going around picking up (laughs) strange women. And they were met at the curb of the booty house by tuxedoed men who escorted them to a VIP room where a hostess uh, served them and took care of them. Meanwhile, we had decorated a room in nautical themes with uh, life preservers and, and ship's bells, and the women were escorted from the VIP room one at a time and introduced formally by one of these tuxedo gentlemen, these escorts, and he would announce them. uh, Ladies and gentlemen, I introduce you, and he would call them Lady So-and-So. The men had practiced what a courtesy bow was. We knew how to do a Victorian-style courtesy bow. And uh, the women knew right then this was going to be an unusual night. (laughs) Yeah, I should say. (laughs) Over, (laughs) Over in one corner of the room we had a harpist from the Toledo Symphony playing, We had uh, corsages on the tables. The napkins at each table were embroidered with a a ship, and it said uh, the date and a a knight's remember and the lady's name underneath, like Lady Rebecca. Those are the kind of details that we went through, and there's just dozens of them that uh, go from the decorations on each table right down to the... To the hors d'oeuvres.
0: This is a, a serious commitment of time and thought and financial resources, isn't it?
2: We uh, were amazed at how inexpensively we could do our events. Uh, one of the reasons why is when we would explain it to a supplier, like the people who made and embroidered the napkins, they got excited for us. They would give us discounts. Some of them did things for free. Uh, the booty house was incredible. The staff got into it. They called us in on two occasions and trained us in proper serving. and. I need, we needed to know that because we served the women through the entire evening. Oh, really? We served the meal. We served each course. We cleared the table. It took a long time to learn how to do a double napkin serving. Now, this is an, another example of the kind of details, but when you serve properly, you have one napkin over your arm and one wrapped through your thumb and forefinger, so your skin never touches her plate. Well, we had choreographed how we would serve, and the, the restaurant brought the food into an adjacent room. We would exit, pick up the food, serve the women, leave, serve ourselves, then sit down and have a course. When the course ended, we would stand up and clear. And each course, by the way, was marked by the sounding of a ship's bell. So the ship's bell would toll, we would clear. Then we would come back in, and we would either sing them a love song or do one of the acts of of, uh, affection that we had planned for each course. Then after that was over, we'd serve the next course and go on. Hmm.
1: Now, one of the things you did, Mark, was at the end of the evening, each man presented his wife with a an elegant love letter printed on parchment tied with a red ribbon?
2: Now, this is another one of those details, and probably one of the most profoundly moving details of the evening. The women had already been shocked to see their men do the serving and uh, to do it properly. They had been shocked to see them sing, and... Uh, the entire evening had been a surprise, but most men that I know aren't practiced at writing love letters, especially after they've been married for a time. One of the ideas that I thought was important was that we expressed in something tangible our affection, and, and a letter was the best way to do that. The way we arranged it was one of the men stood up between the, the uh, last course and dessert And he said that a letter had been found floating among the debris from the Titanic that a man had obviously written after his wife had sailed away in a lifeboat. And they found that letter, and it was being read today for the first time. And then he read this wonderful love letter of praise. And at the end of that love letter, (laughs) he turned to his wife and he said, there was no man from the Titanic. There is only this man from the Titanic. I wrote this letter for you. And he handed it to her. And at that moment, we all reached into our vest pockets and pulled out our letters, which were, as you said, written on parchment and wrapped in red ribbon, and we handed them to the ladies, and then we stood to clear the last course's dishes. Some women chose to read the letters at that uh, moment. Most of them, a few were so overwhelmed, they had to wait until later. And then we served a dessert, ate our dessert, and after that was over, stood to sing, Nearer, my God, to thee, after having told them the story of the men and the band that played on the bow as the ship went beneath the waves.
0: Now, were you able to keep this uh, a complete secret from the conspirator's wife from Mrs. Montgomery? Yes. So she had no clue what was coming?
2: None whatsoever.
0: And what was her reaction as you drove home that night?
2: (laughs) I think her reaction was much akin to the reactions of all the women. Uh, And I can't talk about the reactions without expanding the story over a period of time. Um, Our wives wept frequently through the evening. Two or three times it was just an overpowering sense of, um, if I could be bold enough to call it this, there was a sense of Holy Spirit presence Mm -hmm. in a worship of what it meant to be in love, that God had taught us to be in love in such a way that there was a reflection of divineness, that our loves our loves for each other reflected back and forth. I don't know how to put it into words, but there was something sacred about the night. Uh, When we left, um, it was a completeness, a joy, a a thank you, Lord, for this woman that I love and a sense of her reaction that um, I was a gift to her from God. Not that I'm so great, but that God can take two people and help them love each other like that and, and fellowship together and share one another. It was... That was the pinnacle, at that moment, of anything we'd ever done. Whenever those couples got together socially or visited at holidays, sometime during the course of our conversation, we would drift back to the night of the Titanic. And the men would be told, don't ever do that again. You can't do that again. If you do, you'll ruin it. It can't be bettered. It can't be repeated. It's the highlight of our lives. And We're, being
0: typical men, you ignored your wives completely, right? Well,
2: we listened to them for, for a few years. <laughs> <laughs> but then we began to think we could do another theme and do it better and do it uh, more dramatically, and, and we did. So what did you do? Oh, <laughs> this is even more complicated. This is better than the first one. <laughs> I get really excited about the second hold
1: one. Hold it. Hold it. Uh, <laughs> Stop the tape. There's enough men already feeling guilty enough right now, Bob. As a result of the Titanic evening. That's right. And I want you to know, I, I know what's on tomorrow's broadcast. Yeah. And I don't think men are capable of uh, hearing Two creative ideas back-to-back well, of this magnitude. We don't have the time for it anyway. We're going to have to uh, suspend it till tomorrow's broadcast. Well, we could ask our, our listeners to call the radio station and just let it continue to play. <laughs> just preempt the next program. Uh, I don't know if the next program would like that very much. There are a lot of wives who would love it, I promise you.
0: you know, what is
1: it, Dennis, about what these men did that, uh, that made their wives feel so special? they gave their wives some attention, and they took uh, some time to set apart to think about them and their relationship. Mm -hmm. It's not so much uh, what they did, although I think uh, their care and their thinking is, is proven out in what they did. But it was that these men spent the time, invested the energy, and made the statement to their wives, I love you. I care about you. And I'm willing to do something that doesn't think of myself but thinks of you in 100% purity. Mm. And you got to believe those wives were absolutely beaming. That's why they didn't want those men to try it again. They didn't want that, that memory to be spoiled with uh, a second event. But I can promise you, on tomorrow's broadcast, these guys outdid themselves with an event that, again, I thought I was a romantic person. But— uh, I've got a couple of, you know, romantic ribs, but that's about it. These guys are are blood. You are humbled in their presence. I am humbled.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, one of the things I think that uh, becomes a challenge for husbands is where to come up with the romantic ideas. How do you speak? romance to your wife in such a way that uh, it will communicate to her. And and that's what went into the creation of what we've uh, been talking about on the broadcast during this series, the uh, communication tool we put together called Simply Romantic. It is it's almost game-like in the way it works. It's got ideas for couples. It's got a romantic tape that has music, and it's got romance on it. It's got a, a, a romance questionnaire. In fact, I was thinking about this as I, as Mark was talking today. Uh, one of the questions on the questionnaire enables a husband or a wife to go through and uh, put a yes or a no by different things as to whether that communicates romance to them, Uh, for example, flowers or candy or neck rubs or back rubs or bubble baths or going shopping together or long walks or love notes or praise in front of others or uh, the list goes on. But uh, the idea is that a husband may come home with a box of candy, which uh, he would love to receive, perhaps, and give it to his wife, and uh, she's thinking uh, he doesn't care about my diet and it just doesn't work. Well, the Romance Questionnaire gives the couples an opportunity to say, uh, this is something I like. This is something that really communicates romance to me. And it's a part of Simply Romantic,
1: the collection we put together for couples. I think every couple, uh, whether you've got a great marriage or one that's kind of struggling, could use these ideas to rebuild intrigue, romance, fun, excitement. Uh, and, and build some memories together. What is a relationship? That it's shared moments, shared events. It's sharing your life with another person. That's what this collection will do for you and your marriage. It will enable you as a couple to build your relationship. If you'd like to receive this, it is guaranteed
0: to give you the most romantic year of your life. It's got 12 months worth of ideas and activities for couples to do. Call us toll free at 1-800-FL-TODAY and ask how you can receive Simply Romantic. The cost is $19.95 plus $3 for shipping and handling. In addition, the tapes of this series are also available. Thirteen broadcasts on six cassette tapes in case you've missed any of the previous broadcasts or if you'd just like to share this information with a friend or with a spouse, give us a call toll-free 1-800-FL-TODAY. The cost for the tapes is $30 plus $5 for shipping and handling. Let me give you our address, too. It's Family Life Today, Box 8220, Little Rock, Arkansas, and our zip code is 72221. Once again, it's Family Life Today, Box 8220, Little Rock, Arkansas, and the zip code is 72221. Our toll-free number 1-800-F as in family, L as in life, and then the word today. I was just thinking, Dennis, we've got uh, hundreds of romantic couples who are headed to the Broadmoor in Colorado Springs this Friday night for our first spring family life marriage conference of the season. It's the first of 40 or more family life marriage conferences that are being held around the country, and they are fun, romantic weekends for couples. If you'd like a free brochure about the conference that is coming to a city near you, give us a call toll-free 1-800-FL-TODAY. We'll get a brochure back to you. When you call us or write us, please remember Family Life Today is a listener-supported broadcast. We depend upon your faithful financial support to maintain this radio broadcast and the other ministries that are a part of what we're doing here at Family Life. Thank you for your generous financial support when you call or write. Well, if uh, the men of the Titanic weren't enough for you, tomorrow we travel to Camelot, To find out how the Knights of the Round Table treated their fair maidens, Mark Montgomery joins us again, and I hope you can as well. Mark Whitlock is our engineer, Dennis Rainey our host, and I'm Bob Lapine. We'll see you back tomorrow for another edition of Family Life Today. Family Life Today is a production of Family Life of Little Rock, Arkansas, a ministry of Campus Crusade for Christ.